Welcome to Sisterhood Speaks, hosted by Pastor Tracy Breland and moderated by me, Rose Hammerly. Sisterhood Speaks is all about giving women a voice to tell their story. So thanks for tuning in as Sisterhood Speaks. Welcome to Sisterhood Speaks. This is our first episode. This is so exciting. We are so excited to be here with you. Yes, so crazy, crazy, crazy thing. We started this podcast. We started working on it about a month ago, and it was really just like a thought. I had been addicted to podcasts, and I had sat in groups with mom for years listening to her say awesome things, and I just wanted it to be a bigger platform for more girls to be able to stick her in their ears as they clean or work out or run a company or run a home. And of all things, we are not meeting in small groups right now. We're all quarantined, so it's totally perfect timing. That's right. We can actually speak into each other's life uh, every week through this time, and uh, hopefully we can learn something and enjoy ourselves in the meanwhile. But I need to back up for a minute. Um, Rose just said she <laughs> she listened to me say some very wise things. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to take some time there. That That's interesting. This took a long time to come about. Oh, my gosh. On Your mom was right about everything, unfortunately. It's <laughs> really hard pill to swallow that's right that's right (laughs) okay so there are a lot of people stuck in their houses with their families and their whole everybody's in there so do you have any advice because you are the queen of activities and things to do do you have any advice for everybody who's stuck at home right now yes this is great this uh enormous time out we've all been given across the world, really, of stepping back away from our job and school and just going home. And so really, to be truthful, everything uh, can be a gift. It's just how you look at it. So we go through this daily life and this schedule of getting up really, really early and getting to work or getting kids off to school. And it can almost just be a, we can be a slave to our routine, which I love routines and I'm all about it. But every now and then you need a break. And so when I was raising my kids, uh, every now and then we would say we were going to take a healing day, not mm-hmm. a sick day. Yeah. And so we, I pray none of you are sick, and we're praying over our church and our city and our nation. Yeah. Uh, but if you're just taking a healing day, then really take it. Get inside and do the work you have to do from your computer, but then really enjoy this time of healing because that's the whole point of this is to be healthy and so that we can come together. And so to be truthful, I think it'll heal our bodies, our minds, our soul, everything. This time out, this time of pulling back and really just uh, taking in the things that are in our heart and mind and resting. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really going to be a benefit to our whole nation. I think that we're going to jump back into our schedules and our life and our people with really more love and more passion. But I really believe also that time reveals our heart and extra time that we've been given right now reveals the passions in our heart. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking last night about extra time and how we've been given this extra time. And so what do we do when we have this time? You know, can you remember loving something so much you could not wait to do it? Mm. Uh, When I first started playing the piano and all through middle school and high school, and I even was in some piano competitions, and so you you had to memorize everything. And so we lived right down the street. My school was right down the street from where we lived. And so after school, I would run up the street to get on the piano first because some of my brothers played the piano and my mother played the piano. And so if you got on the piano first, you could stay on it the longest. And if you really didn't want to get off to even go to the restroom because you would lose your turn, it was very competitive. <laughs> but it was really, a, it was a passion that if I had any extra time, that's what I did in those days. And then I know when I became a mother, um, God started putting on my heart to write. And I always liked to write even when I was in school, but 
he really uh, laid it on my heart to write books for mothers to help them set free from the bondage that was put on the condemnation and the confusion that was put on them when they had a child with special needs. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I started writing and uh, having five little kids in the house in the middle of Oklahoma Mm -hmm. uh, with lots and lots of acres around us. I was always quarantined. I was always by myself Mm -hmm. with them. But when the day started, it just we just ran with the schedule. And so I started loving writing so much, I would get up really, really early. And so we didn't have the internet then. And so I had my Bible, and I had a notebook, and I had a little candle beside me. And I was passionate about this quiet time. It wasn't a have to. It was just like I can remember as soon as my eyes would open up, I would think, oh, good, no one's awake, John <laughs> or no one. And I would go down and quietly start the coffee and slip into my chair and begin to read the Bible and pray and write down the things that God had helped me with, with the whole purpose to help others. So in this time, whatever you're passionate about, or if you've forgotten your passion, get along with God and uh, get with the Word of God and remember those things that you were created for. And that's that spark in your eye that the world needs to see that I'm not just alive, that I'm living. And this extra time will will reveal that passion in your heart. So I really believe that this whole thing is a gift from God if we use it correctly. And I'm praying that God speaks to your heart and then you can speak to others. That sounds awesome. So, okay, Sisterhood Speaks is all about hearing from sisters and giving women a voice, whether that's a woman in our city and our community, around the world, or even in the Bible. So what sister do we get to hear from today? Okay, I am super excited about this. I got up early this morning and was really asking God uh, what sister we should talk about. And there's so many girls in the Bible and girls in our, our church and our city that I really can't wait to share with you. But I literally opened up a really old book of mine, and this sister jumped out at me. Her name's Dorothy, and she lived in the late 1800s, so quite a while ago, and was born in England. And so her story is very powerful, but she was right around the time of Florence Nightingale, and mm-hmm. that jumped out to me, yeah. Because yeah. my girls used to love to read about Florence Nightingale and Elizabeth Blackwell. It was like some early women doctors and nurses and uh, that made a huge impact on our on our lives today but also on the lives of their peers at that mm-hmm. time how they yeah. helped people and so this is yet another woman and her name's Dorothy and she was inspired by Florence Nightingale Yay. so I thought that was super cool in fact they end up calling her sister Dora and so I was like okay was she you know like a nun or something but it really wasn't that sister Dora she literally joined the Sisterhood of England. And oh. that was, yeah, isn't that so cool? Yeah. And that was a sisterhood that they called the Sisterhood of the Good Samaritan. And I was like, wow, that is what sisterhood is, yeah. that we're supposed to be uh, good Samaritans. But uh, Sister Dora was a nurse. And to be truthful, she was one of, I believe, 12 children. And her father was a pastor. And the mother got really sick and died, but they obviously had the heart to help people was just in her whole family. And so she wanted to be a nurse more than anything. And her dad really wasn't sure because remember, this is the time uh, that women stayed at home and they just watched children. And she had on her heart to be a nurse like Florence Nightingale. And so she had to push pretty hard to get that. But when her mother passed away, she left some money and... um, Dora, who they called her sister Dora, ended up getting to go and be uh, trained as a nurse. And so her dreams came true because of a really difficult situation, but she got to live out her life being what she's called to do. And we're hearing a lot right now 
on the television about these brave nurses that are mm-hmm. going into the city and really around the world. And really that is just, that still to this day just blows my mind, the fact that these women want to take care of yeah. other people, mm-hmm. that they would risk their own health and the health of their families because they care so much about people. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, you know, I'm very fond also of teachers and these women that just do the really hard thing to make life better for others. And mm-hmm. so Sister Dora was one of those people and she became a really great nurse in that day and age. And so she got sent to a a part of um, England where the smallpox had just uh, broke out and everyone, nurses and doctors were um, scarce. And so she literally ended up being over an entire hospital by herself of children with smallpox. Wow. She would work night and day taking care of these children and uh, seeing them through and literally gave no attention to her own health. In fact, several times she almost got married and she said, no, I I'm in love, but I don't have time. Oh my gosh! For wow. it, so she was fully devoted to taking care of other people, and I mm-hmm. see that with our nurses in our city and our nurses in our church. Many times I'll be speaking, and I'll look back, and there's a whole row of nurses that mm-hmm. literally moves my heart. Uh, the kindness and the goodness uh, that's in their heart, how it affects others, and I go back to thinking about when um, I had Caroline, and she was so tiny. And she it was really kind of a dark time. John and I were kind of traveling back and forth between Alabama and Oklahoma. And Rose was like three, and we were visiting my mom in Oklahoma. We were living in Alabama. And Caroline was probably six months old. And I knew I was pregnant again, but I didn't know I was having twins. So if you've ever had twins, you know that you're super emotional. But um, I didn't know it was twins. I just knew I was pregnant. And there, Caroline was a tiny little baby. And so he left to go back to Alabama. And there I was at my mom's house. And she got sick, just really sick. And we know that little babies can get so sick so quick. And so we drove to Stillwater, Oklahoma, because we were way in the middle of the country. And we got there. And when we got there, she had like 101. And it quickly elevated to like 104. And so they started saying all kinds of things that were just so super scary to us. And I was just there by myself with Caroline, and Mom had uh, Elizabeth Rose in the waiting room. So they decided to do a spinal tap, and um, they took her back in this little room, and many of you may have heard this story before. They let me come in and watch, and she was crying with just such a hot fever. I thought she was going to die because they had just recently diagnosed her with Down syndrome, and so here they're doing all these things to my fat little baby, and I was just losing it. So they put her on the table to do the spinal tap, and they pushed her little head over, and I, she stopped crying. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they killed her. I mean, I remember about fainting because I was pregnant, and I, a little nurse came from behind, and she pulled a chair right before I passed out, and she had me sit down in the chair. So she had the spinal tap, and the next thing I know, this nurse grabbed Caroline, wrapped her in a warm blanket, and put her in my arms. And I was like... I still remember that nurse's face. And so ever since then, I've had just such a heart for nurses. And I love doctors, and I love everyone that helps humanity. But this little nurse's face was just in my mind because she so comforted my heart. And she gave me my baby back all wrapped up, and uh, it moved me. And I really do believe that that's what this sister Dora did because she not only helped children with smallpox, she helped people all through this village. And to the fact that they said she almost wore herself out 
and uh, she got very, very sick in December in the late 1800s, and she, uh, they said she wasn't going to make it anymore. And she literally said, she looked up to heaven and said I, she saw the gates of heaven open, and she knew she was going to pass. So she died on Christmas Eve, and they said the entire town mourned so much that some of the children that she had taken care of and some of the people that she had rescued couldn't even celebrate Christmas. Oh. They were so upset that Sister Dora had passed away. And mm. so when I'm thinking about sisterhood and about Good Samaritan, who Jesus wants us to be, I think about these things, and I think about being shut in and who we are and what we're passionate about. I rem- I want us to remember this is what sisterhood is. Sisterhood is making our whole lives help other people's lives be better yeah. in one way or the other. So that is a sister today. I hope she inspires you. She inspired me and her love for God and love for people. And, and she did love life. She crossed the line and decided that what I had chosen to do, I'm going to give my all to with mm-hmm. no regret. And so that can be such an inspiration to us all, I believe. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are some of the ways that you would say that we can inspire our families and others? Well, you know, as we looked at Dorothy, she was very inspired to be a nurse. And through that, she changed many people's lives. So I really believe in the power of inspiration. Mm -hmm. But I really feel like right now that we have trained our children to aspire. And aspire is to direct one's hopes for achieving. Mm -hmm. Inspire is so different. It's helping someone get a desire to create something for change and for the change of better. So there's a huge difference between aspire and inspire. So inspiring the people around us, and especially in this time that we're separated, and it's really our family that's right around us, we can inspire them to do something that starts on the inside, that starts in their heart. And I used to do that by reading to you guys. Like I mentioned Florence Nightingale and Elizabeth Blackwell, Mm -hmm. some of your, what were some of your favorite books that we used to read? We read Little House on the Prairie. We read, I mean, for the boys, we did Hank the Cow Dog and all those crazy ones. Yeah. If you haven't read to your children, Hank the Cow Dog, it's hilarious. <laughs> the boys used to roll around in front of the fireplace and die laughing at this funny. talking dog. Yeah. But really, when you inspire, it has to do with the heart. Mm-hmm. And so in this time of being with your family, who that is your first church and your neighbors, who are the people that you're called to, that's what the Good Samaritan is. It's our neighbors. That How do we inspire these people to have a heart to change other people's lives. And that's really what, like, Sister Dora did. She lived her whole life to help others, and that really goes on forever, the inspiration that, oh, yeah, that's why we're alive, to actually make lives better for others. And so how I did that, um, like I said, I just read to my children, but we spent a lot of time together. But in this time when you're shut in, even if you don't have children, I mean, think about the nurse that might have helped you in your most vulnerable time, Yeah, your sickest time, your weakest time. Write a note to them. Drop it by the hospital. Find their address. Or maybe you're in the house with all these children. You're thinking, oh, my word, the teacher <laughs> needs to make a billion dollars. I would yeah. not do this. <laughs> you're saying you're trying to get them just to not eat with their face, and your teacher is... Uh, getting them to learn to read. So now you're beginning to appreciate your child's teacher. Write them a note. Take the time and have your children write their teacher a note Mm -hmm. and just say how thankful you are for them or or write your neighbor a note or maybe write a grandparent a note. Those things you can do while you're shut in, and that can inspire your children to think about others, not just themselves. That's good. 
I think one of my favorite worship songs that we actually sang on Sunday is totally around that whole thing. It's I give my whole life to honor this love. And that's so this point, like this, that inspiration is that that's the passion for others. And it's so different. You're right. Than the aspiring culture that we have right now. Yeah. And when you think about aspiring, we, we watch American Idol um, every night since Rose was really little. In fact, I, I used to hate the whole thing like an idol. We will not have any idols, (laughs) but it's very interesting to watch people try to, to be the greatest thing they can be. In fact, Rose, you had an American Idol karaoke machine, right? I did. I did. And actually it's funny, you were talking about like, you know, everybody's kind of just with their pastimes right now. And I think that was my favorite pastime was sitting up there with, and it's like the, one of those giant CD players now that nobody has. It's like a giant thing with a screen, had the little American Idol logo on it and the little microphone. And it was like one of the things I loved. And actually, of course, with everything else in my life, they broke it. Yeah, like, everything. Yeah, David and Caroline had either side of it fighting over it. And I just remember crying and crying. Yeah. I was so mad. I was so, I was so, I'm, I can still get mad about them taking my American Idol and just like ripping it apart. I was like shattered. I know. And then you had the shirt too. You remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You had the t shirt, the whole thing. Really awkward t shirt. And obviously, children are supposed to enjoy themselves. And we hope they all get to sing their favorite songs and jump on the bed and do all the things that are so wonderful about and blissful about childhood mm-hmm. as they're alone. But the American Idol, we look at it. And with uh, Instagram and TikTok and all these things, people are doing the craziest things to be popular, yeah. to really to be truthful, to be millionaires. They're mm-hmm. always, I'm, I asked a child one time or a teenager, well, why are you doing this? Well, then you can get ads and then you can make lots of money. And so they're aspiring for for gain, yeah. which obviously I believe that people should be blessed yeah. in what they're doing, but that should not be our inspiration. And so when I watched all these young kids aspiring to do that, I think, oh, my word, I want my children and I want sisterhood to be the inspiration. And so while you're reading to your kids and while you are talking about the great things that your neighbors have done or your grandparents have done, that's putting inspiration in their yeah. heart. And it's helping them. It's it's really our duty to glorify these everyday heroes, mm-hmm. whether they're nurses or teachers or neighbors. And we do that with our language of, of honor, of talking about how great they are. Once in our neighborhood, we found out that one of our neighbors, he was like, 85. Remember that, Mr. Horgan? Yeah. And he had been in Italy in, I think, World War One or Two. World maybe, War II, yeah. Maybe both of them, to yeah. be truthful. <laughs> He's very old, yeah. Well, so he realized that I had such honor for what he had done. So finally I said, could you share some of this with my children? And so you guys were very little, and I thought I was just going to take you to these people's house that were, you know, in their late 80s. And he was just going to share. Well, he had a podium set up. Remember that? And he wanted you all to all sit there. The only problem is I think David was five, (laughs) and he had a whole lesson about the war. But it was so interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, we literally made Mr. Horrigan a hero in our neighborhood because of how we shared about him, how the honor that we gave him. And him and his wife had moved to Oklahoma from California, and uh, we were in and out of their house just loving on them, and they weren't Christians. But 
before he passed away, they called the ambulance. Remember that? And we all went over there, and Daddy grabbed his hand and got to pray the sinner's prayer with him. And so when we make these everyday heroes who they really are to our children, then our children aspire to be these people, which really we need. Yeah, we need American Idol. Yeah, Yeah, we need someone to sit down and watch when we're very tired, but we need everyday heroes in our lives. And so it's that inspiration that you can give your children, but it's always by honoring them is how you'll do it. Yeah, that's good. All right. So thank you for joining us. This was our first episode. This was so awesome. Um, Normally we're going to have episodes come up every other Thursday, but because of the situation with everybody getting stuck in their houses, we may do an extra episode next week. So be on the lookout and thanks for joining us. Yes. And don't forget to enjoy your healing days. Laugh a lot. Uh, honor your family, honor your neighbors, but just have a really good time. This will all pass and we'll come out better on the other end, but just enjoy the time that you've been given and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes right when they're available. And for updates on the podcast, you can like us on Facebook at South Coast Church Sisterhood and follow us on Instagram at South Coast Sisterhood.